What up, podcast people? We're back, Oasis Podcast, in a brand new studio. It's it's here. If you are watching online, uh, or on YouTube, and you're you're visually seeing us here, or in this place, the tube, as I like to call it, the tube. Please don't call it that. <laughs> you sound like you're a boomer. Yeah, well, the Walmart. That's fair. The Walmarts. Are you guys tweeting? 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 Qdobas. My father-in-law says Qdobas. But if you're watching online and you're seeing us, uh, you see we're in a different space. But if you're listening, probably sounds exactly the same. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we are getting new podcast mics. Get it. Hopefully. Which, that'd be awesome. We might sound different. I heard they make you sound like Morgan Freeman. (laughs) All of her voices are just completely different. (laughs) Voice changer. Change the pitch and everything on him. Let's dive into this thing, though. Before before we get too crazy, because there's going to be a lot that we're going to get on tangents. I'm sure of it today. But we're talking modesty. And so my first, our mixer question, mm-hmm. the three of us, what, what's your favorite piece of clothes right now? Clothing. Right now. Right now. Like when you open the closet, you're like, mm. this is what I'm going for. Yep. Uh, green joggers from Target. Oh. Without a doubt. I feel like I've seen you wear this a lot. A ton. Comfortable. I don't think I've ever bought clothes from Target. Oh, all day. That's all I wear. I've done some it's Walmart really, stuff. really, really hit or miss. Really? Target is, yeah. That's fair. Walmart, stepping up their game. Yeah. Shout out George Brand. Good job, George. Mm. They're nice. Proud of you. All right. Well, I don't know if it's nice, I was, but it's I was, cheap. I was excited when Target moved from Goodfellow to, or from Massimo to Goodfellow. Okay. That was a good move. I think I do have something Goodfellow. I just didn't even know it was Target. Yeah. I'm wearing Goodfellow so green pants. Green joggers. Right Jaina, what are you, you thinking? Go. Well, I was thinking more like, so my original answer was boots. Just yeah. boots in general. Okay. I love boots. I have boots no, probably gotta, in every single you gotta color. You got to pick specific. a boot. One a specific single. one? Oh, my gosh. This is like such a basic answer, but my just classic black kind of Doc Martin combat looking boots. There you go. I don't have Doc Martens because they're expensive. Yeah. But I once saw a reel on Instagram that told me about three different fake Doc Martens I should buy. Mm. I didn't, but. My, mine are from Target. There you go. Target. Uh, so the go. pair, I'm going to talk about these guys. I like. What are you your sweatpants are nice. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm trying to get my leg up. These sweatpants <laughs> right here, um, they're gray and they're Nike and I got them for Christmas and they are unbelievably comfortable like blow your mind comfortable can i try them on after this <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so Please. i find myself wearing them all the time at my house yeah. and then here because i work at a church that doesn't really enforce a super strict dress code we talked about it today actually Uh-oh. they did yeah okay for the well, staff just kidding oh it's <laughs> gonna make me so sad but i like her dress code because oh. i always take the posture of dress for the day that you have and so i have no outside meetings today i plan on leaving early this afternoon and so i was like i'm wearing sweatpants today and there i wrote know. a sermon this morning in my sweatpants and it was great and i think i honored the lord while feeling incredibly comfortable there you go and so Praise God for. I, I tend to custom. take the disposition of dress for the job um, that you want, <laughs> you not want the, the job, job you have. have. <laughs> and so apparently, if that was true about me, I would want to be either a Walmart greeter, because <laughs> I wear khakis all the time, or a Best tr- Buy Geek Squad, a, 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 a worker <laughs> in a sports store. There you go. And I'm okay with that. That's nice. That'd be a fun mixture question. Based on the outfit you're wearing right Dad. now, what job do you think you would be Dad? working? Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be actually really I'll funny. pocket. I'll pocket. Yeah, we'll, come and we'll come back for it. <laughs> I hope I know when that day is. I'm wearing a suit. <laughs> we got to dive in. Yeah, we need to go then. When it comes to modesty, let's start with, we're going to do a couple different definitions. Yeah. One that we find most people, including even coming into this myself held a little bit of this is what I thought modesty to be. And then one, we would push people in more of a direction to to hold. So who wants to do the first one? I can do it. Yeah. I think just a default where we tend to go. And I think where our heads go is modesty 
intends to or has a desire to avoid the encouraging of sexual attraction to others. Um, or so like in that is like, how do you mainly around clothes and clothing is like, how do you dress in such a way to keep others either from being sexually attracted to you or from gaining some sort of attraction from other yeah. people? And that's what people usually default mm-hmm. yeah, when, when it comes to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going to continue to head for the rest of this though? What's a yeah. better definition? Yeah, we would say that probably a better definition and probably a more biblical definition of modesty is that it's actually a heart attitude or disposition that reflects in an outward behavior that seeks to glorify God. So yeah. that in our outward behavior is a reflection of what's happening internally within us in our hearts. And so that should honor and glorify yeah. God both externally and internally. Yeah. And that's beautiful because I think it's really all-encompassing for what it means to live life. It goes beyond just clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that yeah. throughout this whole conversation, yep. that modesty is not a clothing discussion. It, yeah. it plays Only. a piece of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it plays mm-hmm. a piece of it, but it is not the, the whole entire conversation. And the next thing yeah. we kind of want to poke at is, is modesty just a female thing? Let's go there right off the bat. No, we're not, we're not pulling punches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you tell me. No. <laughs> No, it's not. 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 It's not just a It sounds like I'm saying snot. But why do we have to ask that question? I think that's important. Yeah. I'm already tangent number one. Let's count them. Dylan's in the background right now going to keep track. No, I think I think it's an important question to ask because one, anytime we talk words, anytime we talk semantics, anything like this, people are coming with their own definitions. Yep. And so that's why we came out with the, that this is our default oftentimes. And mm-hmm. We wanted to correct that off the bat. And then the second assumption I think people bring a lot of times to modesty is that it's a female issue. Mm-hmm. And so uh, whether you're a female or a male listening to this, that might've been something that was even in the back of your mind that you've heard someone else to say. And it's something we've struggled in the church to address. Yeah. That too oftentimes we have painted modesty as a female issue, that they're the ones that need to deal with it and they're the ones that are struggling with it. And so it's just combat some of that right off the bat that it says hey this is something we're all struggling with we mm-hmm. all need to check in ourselves so it's almost like an overcorrection kind of thing hmm. yeah absolutely yep. i think you nailed it there I you go okay. i have any thoughts <laughs> well, well let's <laughs> let's take it a step it. though yeah. and look at what does it mean for a female mm-hmm. to wrestle and to kind of struggle with modesty yeah like ben you want to answer that for us yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> let me know gina sit back over here for a second <laughs> <laughs> the video is going to make that better, but if you're just audio and that you just all of a sudden the podcast stops there, yeah, we we probably would have gotten canceled for that, that exact alone. statement. Yeah. Yep. Correct. <laughs> okay, Jana, go ahead. Oh, geez, yeah. Um, I think that sometimes we tend to think that. Oh gosh, I can't organize my thoughts. My apologies. Um, that modesty. When it just has to do with clothes, we think that it's just a female issue. They need to change so that men don't experience um, that sexual attraction or that lust. Uh, But the reality is that women can face that as well, both a sexual attraction and lust. But even I think sometimes women are more prone to an emotional attraction and an emotional lust. Mm -hmm. And so not to say that women aren't sexual beings because we absolutely are. Mm -hmm. But I think far too often we begin to... When we struggle with fulfillment issues that we dehumanize men, um, dehumanize them as individuals, as people for our own selfish emotional gain. Um, and that we've even in the way that we've talked about um, relationships in the church throughout history between male and female, when we've taught that submission, um, that wives submit to their husbands, when we've overcorrected and taught that wrong, we've elevated, elevated men to such a high place that they've almost become 
gods for women um, and that idolatry, idolatry, I think, is more prone in women in this specific way um, than in men. Um, and so I would say those are probably two of the key things that I think that women struggle with in modesty when it comes to um, clothes and like lust and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. And know. one of the things yeah. that, I mean, I just got to preach um, marriage message. What was that? Last week. And so we're trying to get it up on the podcast, but it's on YouTube. And so that's one of the things that I wrestled with when teaching through the Ephesians 5 text, because it is Mm -hmm. such a beautiful picture of what it means to to be married and to follow God's design in that, but commonly confused and Mm -hmm. mistaught and different things. So I was trying to really be faithful to the text with also uh, finding God's spirit and and guidance in that. So that it is, it's a huge struggle. Mm -hmm. What about for men? We don't necessarily have all the cool terms that Jaina has, maybe. Maybe <laughs> you do. I no. certainly don't have those pocketed. <laughs> We're not as smart. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I think, and I, I might take this a direction that we didn't intend, so tell me if I need to readjust. Uh, to struggle with modesty, one, is I, even when I first became a Christian at 19, or even growing up, like especially in conservative South Dakota, it was not a training of it's my own fault and how I view women, but also I was not really taught in like how I desired for people to see me. So like, I actually, I like looking and feeling good, like more looking good. I like it, but that came from a stem and a root of, I wanted other people to see and, and let me know how good I looked. And so from a modesty perspective, it's like I was acting in such a way that was inappropriate and the action and choices I was making was to get almost a self-gratification of how others perceived me and how I looked. Mm-hmm. So there, there's an aspect of looking, there's an aspect of dress in that. But then also for myself, it was a objectification and it just was towards me because I just didn't know how else not to. All I was told even growing up, again, not as a Christian, but just as a a guy growing up in conservative South Dakota was, well, you're just a really sexual being. So try to invert your, it wasn't good training. It wasn't good talk. Like, no, I actually have the opportunity to not objectify Mm -hmm. my sister. Like in Christ, I should say, clarify that. <laughs> like, like, but really to objectify a woman and a, or a female who is made in the image of God. Like I'm taught that stuff wasn't asset. So like, that's where I struggle. It was just, I'm just overly sexual. And even like to the point of that's okay. Yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. Like, it, because I'm not just, I think we all are sexual beings and I think that's fine and good and beautiful. It's an aspect of, of being created, how God created us. But it's just not just because I'm over the sexual. It's okay. Just learn to deal with it. Um, and then also wrestling with my own insecurity of how I want people to see me and view me yeah. based off how I dress. Well, and I think we hit, you hit a point there where modesty is this conversation that mixes a lot of different ideas. Yeah. Like it mixes purity. It mixes, for me, like pride. And then it mixes like self-worth, identity. And we'll hit some of that later. But when it comes to like my struggle with modesty so consistently is it's so tethered to pride. Like it's it's not even just a female thing. Like it's a male thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I deciding on working out, what I wear, how I act, how I speak, what I think, all of those things are so tethered to am I having this inward attitude that I'm looking to please God and that reflects in my outward decisions. And so when it comes to the male-female conversation and what it, how it affects us both, I think we hit on some huge yeah. topics here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, yeah, pride and insecurity. And I, I'm glad we're going to talk about that stuff. Here's, here's a story. I wrestled with when I got bigger, like up to 250, 260, like when I gained a ton of weight, like I would go throughout the day always sucking in my gut, hmm. not wanting people to see me as a guy who gained a ton of weight as bigger because I, that I had, again, his insecurity, self-image problems of just my own issue, not any, anything anyone else has done. 
But just like that, that's an aspect of just more modesty of like, how do I really view myself? How do I know God sees me and <laughs> how am I acting? Or mm-hmm. I think part of the beauty in that, though, or struggle, I guess, is even even in the way you're describing that, it's not what people t- typically think of modesty because yeah. mm-hmm. none of that had to do with other people's yeah. thoughts of you. It was your yeah. own thoughts yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Like it was your own attitude that was yep. reflecting in your decisions and your, and that's where the modesty conversation can really take some root and like have some power and transformation mm-hmm. is when we stop putting it on other people and their expectations because yep. we can't control other yeah. people. Like there's nothing you can do that will change the way that they act. They have mm-hmm. to make those decisions. The spirit of God in them has to help them. But we can always help it and lead ourselves well. Yeah. And so that's the that's the power of what yeah. modesty can teach. Mm-hmm. So let's take that and, and move it into like a biblical conversation. That we have a couple of texts here. We just want to mm-hmm. walk through and talk about how the Bible would address what we see as this holistic view of modesty. Yeah. Let's go. Who goes first? Do it. You want to start? Sure. Uh, for these are two texts that tend to even get thrown around, even with our first definition of modesty. But I think con- talking about about them contextually will help us, and then also I think moving it to more with our new definition of modesty, the reality of it's holistic. Uh, but First Timothy two nine says, "I also want the women to dress modestly." So there's like it seems like a command there that that Paul is giving, writing to Timothy in the church that he's leading. He's like here's what I believe is right, yeah. what the spirit is prompting to write. I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes. And what's important here, and, and jump in when you guys want to, Paul's instructed even here, like the context of this passage, men and women to stop angrily disputing ways that the surrounding culture is creeping into the church. It's almost recognizing the culture in general, is already coming to the church. It's what are we allowing to influence us and how are we allowing the culture to influence in a way that allows us to be prideful or or wrestle with our insecurity. Um, uh, and so it's just, that's the context of this. It's around worship service, how are you to act? Like, how are you to be and encourage one another and help each other? Um, but the fashion that he uses here, uh, women were using this as, as causes of distraction, which are drawing tension away from God. And even the word modesty here points to orderliness, moderation, and appropriateness, which is a verb described for deacons in the very next chapter of, yep. of this context. And so it's not so much like just, it's all about the clothes and what you're wearing. It's they were using material items to distract from the glory of God and say, here's what I have. Here's what I own for own self improvement. And then he goes, and I like that idea of modesty, that Greek word about moderation and appropriateness because it's the exact characteristic of what a church leader should be. Mm-hmm. So he's like, man, you also live appropriately. Mm-hmm. No. So you're telling me I can still rock some Lululemon joggers <laughs> even though Paul is telling Timothy that I can't have expensive clothes? That's not what he said. Dang it, Brennan. He's saying you can't have expensive clothes. Don't wear these. <laughs> And I'm all over here like Lululemon just makes nice stuff. But so what? Their jogger pants cost three grand to buy because they must be sewn with gold. Listen, if it's your conviction that it's okay for you to spend three thousand dollars on pants, there's probably a different conversation that needs to happen. <laughs> okay, but obviously I'm being satirical. But the idea is true that it's like this isn't a conversation necessarily about expensive clothes, like right. you just mm-hmm. said. It's a conversation about something greater. And I just wanted to put a, a little Lululemon spin on it. Their I, sponsor, if you listen, didn't know, listen. here on the podcast. <laughs> Aaron wore Lululemon <laughs> pant, lemon pants all last week to our winter conference. Hmm. And I loved them. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. What about First Peter? Yeah. Anyone want to do that one? Yeah, First Peter 3, 3 through 4. I'll read it first. It says, 
Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And so this is just further drawing on that fact that that beauty, value, whatever, um, doesn't come from that outward expression, um, the fine clothes, the jewelry, whatever, you know, things you want to put in there, the fancy shoes or whatever. Um, but rather it's the inward self. It's yeah. the spirit that we carry gentle and Super. quiet and the fruits of the spirits that are living within us. And so it's not, I think to say, look at to either of these scriptures and say, well, don't have nice things and don't wear jewelry. And because, you know, yeah. is to lose, is to only look at half of what the sentence yep. or sentences really says, yeah. but it's not about those things and not having those things. It's about what you're cultivating internally. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, why you do what yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. Super good. Yeah. And so Rachel Held Evans is an author. She passed, I think. Wow, I shouldn't say that because that she might what? be. She's a Christian author. I, I think she might have passed away. I can't remember. I don't remember. I'm thinking might be thinking of someone else. Please look that I up. Like Please fact check young. me that. I could be way wrong there. Anyway, um, she's got actually some really good stuff in general. Uh, she's really smart. Oh, uh, she died in 2019. Okay, yep, okay. <laughs> of I think yeah, and wow, it doesn't matter of what. Okay, anyway. But like she'll leave, she points out and says nearly all of the Bible's instructions regarding like modest clothing don't refer to sexuality, which goes back to the first definition of what we think of. Like yeah. that's just what we immediately go to, but honestly it's rather kind of materialism. And so like she would say biblical modesty isn't about managing which is, again, I think what gets taught sometimes, the sexual impulses of other people. It's about cultivating a humility within ourselves to know, okay, like, how, why am I doing the things I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You so, can even get to, like, your example, your joking example, Lululemon's. Like, that is a further conversation <laughs> of if you want to spend that much yeah. money on clothes, like, that's a different conversation. What are you yeah. cultivating in, within you that says you need to spend that yeah. money on, on the clothes, you know? It's, but, yeah. Yeah. Let's jump to the idea that our culture struggles with this modesty mm-hmm. topic. Yeah. How how do we see that play out? Where is that coming from? I think it comes from all sides, yeah. both both mm-hmm. secular and um, sacred. Mm-hmm. I'm all, I couldn't think of the other. That's word. a secular great, and sacred. Yep, that's good. I, mean, I haven't <laughs> um, heard that in a while. That's yeah, great. I think that you see it from the religious side that continually with in Christianity realms, Protestant realms of the purity culture, the conversation around modesty and covering up and all of that. But even you can look into other religions and the expectations they have Mm -hmm. on clothing modesty. Um, And so you get that religious side of it um, that takes one extreme. And I think you also see a cultural, a secular side of it that, that says almost the opposite Mm -hmm. that they're, should be no modesty. We just should show it all and free for all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, isn't that what we always see? This swing between two yeah, extremes. Always. Where, and I think it's an interesting conversation to even have of how our culture has gone to this normalization of sexuality, mm-hmm. which could be good, usually yeah. turns out to be ba- bad. Some or, aspects are good, some yeah, bad. Or in like all the, the so- sexual expression and mm-hmm. how, again, we just said, you both said we're sexual beings. That's yep. how God has created us. But if we swing it too far, if we go too far, it can be dangerous. Or just this one that's never positive would be sexual exploitation. And mm-hmm. so we're seeing that as a culture at yeah. probably higher rates and numbers than we've probably seen it in the past. Or at least it's more prevalent and viewable mm-hmm. yep. for yeah. us. And so what's the solution? Well, hold on. Before we go there, this, this is okay. Because there's 
and the idea of like even normalization of sexuality and sexual expression, is there a difference between self-expression as a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and sexual expression? Also as a follower, but just in general as a human and also self-expression just as a human. Because yeah. I think they're two different things. Mm-hmm. Like how do you have self-expression in a way that glorifies God, but has, has uh, draws a confidence of being made in the image of God and and yet wrestle with the reality of like, how can that be taken and interpreted in a way of mm-hmm. could be sexual expression? Yeah. Like, well, I think I, there's a balance and I don't know. Yeah. That goes back to the statement of you never can control other people's thoughts, thoughts or yeah. expectations. And so, yeah, self-expression and how you express yourself may be taken the wrong way. But there is a reality that some people seek out sexual expression. Yeah. Not yep. just in actions, but in, in how they dress that. I want to be a sexual being. I want people to know to I'm know. a sexual yeah. being. And so that influences how I dress or how I bring myself into spaces and atmospheres. No, that's good. And so what's the solution? Like what's the trajectory we want to put people on to continue mm. to try and find godly success when it comes to modesty? We should all be Puritans. We all need to cover up the cover ankles. every aspect of skin except for your cheeks. I did pretty good nose. today. I got socks up to my calves. <laughs> I should have worn maybe a little bit higher collar but otherwise wrists are showing okay that's not the answer but it's probably not head coverings and like super flowy clothes we've talked about that and on and off through this unless that's your conviction yeah i mean to be honest like i i follow a gal on twitter she's probably like 23 she's going for her mdiv and she has the conviction based off her interpretation of scripture with the first corinthians text where she's starting to wear head coverings Mm. But that is her conviction. She don't put it on mm-hmm. other people. It's even her. She's talking about it as her way of expressing her, I mean, a- aspect of following a- follow Jesus as a woman based off what scripture says for her and how she interprets it. But like, that's her thing. And I think, and she's confident in it. She's confident who she is yeah. as, in her identity in Jesus. So if that's your thing, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. But I also think like, I- I'm okay with that. But the three of us at the table would not hold that conviction. Correct. Because mm-hmm. we would see we that that's a, it's an incorrect interpretation of those biblical passages. I would argue that that is an incorrect interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say Because that. we would say the Bible doesn't teach a dress code. Rather, yeah. what it teaches is a heart disposition. It's yes. the way we should love and learn to love God. And so the solution comes to the modesty problem is it's pursue God yep. mm-hmm. and focus on him on all things. Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there, you will seek the Lord with your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul that our desire, everything, all of who we are should be towards the Father. And so really tangibly, this could look like before you make decisions on what you wear and how you act and how you- And speak, what you spend money on. And mm-hmm. what you spend money on, mm-hmm. it should be prayerful. Yeah. And yeah. I think for people Agreed. that feels really like daunting. Could be. very, you know, Especially it's, like, it's not been a practice. You, you, are you serious? Before yeah. I put on this pair of pants, <laughs> I got to say a prayer. But where I have come back to it is if we, we begin to live lives of prayer, if we live lives of connection to God, then prayer doesn't become this daunting thing we must now step into. A it's a con- it's consistent through. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so for us to pray before we get dressed in the morning to see if, okay, what, what would honor God today? That's mm-hmm. not a huge undertaking for us. It's just how we live life alongside yeah. the Spirit. So. And part of that, when you have that heart disposition already set, that everything you do honors and follows God, probably part of what hopefully will come out of that is that your mindset shifts, mm. that it's not, okay, what outfit can I put on today that's going to make me look the coolest or that is trendy? Or when I'm at the store or shopping online, like, oh, is this going to look cool? It mm. changes your mindset and you're almost less concerned about those things to some extent. For is sure. it okay to feel good? 
Oh, well, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's what I mean, feel, though. Like, yeah, that's just so, like, it's balancing clothes. that. Yeah, it's that's balancing what I mean. It's like, because yeah. I'll look at something. Sometimes I look at myself and I'll go, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, then, yeah, but, like, then, oh. but then I have to wrestle with, like, okay, do I care then what other people think of it? Like, mm. and is this why I feel okay? Yeah. yeah. Is this why I, like, mm-hmm. that? So I, I don't know. And and this is, again, we're, we're probably on a different yeah. conversation. That's but fair. One of the things I think is cool about fashion, even though I don't consider myself like a fashion icon, like, I'm not setting any trends, but I, I, I like to do this fashion. Yeah. 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 That's gotcha. true. Good point. You are probably the most trendy and not in a negative way in my mind. I don't see it as negative person. I but for n- me, I found a self-expression when it comes to That's that. That's good. So for Super me, when good. I get dressed in the morning, I do yeah. not care about anybody else's opinion yep. on Super the good. clothing. It's, That's really how, good. it's what I want to wear and yep. what yeah. I find is going to look good and make me feel good that day. So Love like. It. Yeah, for me, it's been an outlet of creative expression. For sure. For yeah, and so I don't know. It's just been yeah. interesting because I didn't have that for the longest time. That's super yeah. good. And I don't I mean when that. I say that your mindset changes that you just don't care and it's like I know I'll what put on mean. whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's fine, but it's comes back to that intention and yeah. that like what is the real desire? So like for me, an example is I've like recently been really into like sneakers. And, like, I want to buy all bun- like kinds of them. Like, I want all these different Nikes and, like, these mm-hmm. Adidas that look really cool. But I've had to challenge myself, okay, like, those are expensive shoes. Mm, yeah. So why do you want to spend the money on the expensive shoes? Like, what's your heart, your motive, your intention sure. behind it? And, yeah. like, for me, that falls into this category that I have to work through. Yeah. And I swing the other way, and I'm like, I'm not buying anything expensive. Like, <laughs> I will buy everything I wear at Goodwill. Oh, I will do cheap 100% of the time. And I, I love that. Yeah. Like, in, anyways, I don't buy myself option. clothes. That's, that's a good point, too. There you go. Let's, let's attack some of... I don't of, trust myself. <laughs> I, I don't even know how long this has been going, but there it'll be go. fine. What, let's attack some of the root issue that comes when, when, it, when we talk about modesty. That this is something we see mm-hmm. in the surface because if we're talking about an inward attitude that's reflected in outward actions, we see the actions in people and in ourselves. But where is that coming from? Like what's the struggle at our core that's making this such a battle for some people? Yeah. Yeah, I can do it. Uh, first one, we t- and we talked about this, we mentioned it, is pride. This is the reality of of pride. First John 2, 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And so I think there's a prideful aspect of I want to be lifted up and seen, or I, in a more selfish way, really, because that's what pride ultimately is, is like, I don't care what other people think even. And so I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to see people, look at people how I want to look at people. I'm going to have an assumption or judgment about someone else based off an assumption or judgment I want to have on someone else. So I think pride's a big one. And even in that, it's like, well, we know that that shouldn't be an issue just based off Philippians 2. He says that that mindset, the attitude of Jesus, which we know is humility. And humility points people towards Jesus where pride has the real potential and honest reality of drawing attention to ourself and not towards Christ. Yeah, for sure. And then I want to put this caveat in there and just talk about this, that lust does play a, a conversation here in modesty. Yeah. That That's not at all what we've been trying not to say. Yep. Like it, mm-hmm. it is bigger than that, but it is a problem that, that comes with our, our culture and us as people as being fallen, broken people. And so Matthew five twenty eight, and it says, but I say to every one of you who looks at a woman lustfully with intent has already committed adultery in mm-hmm. his, his or her heart. And Jesus here is speaking and he's telling us about how dangerous and hurtful lust can be yeah. mm-hmm. that he's equated it to adultery when he's speaking in the Sermon on the Mount here. And it's just, it, it, it's something that's really important to him mm-hmm. and modesty can play a role in helping us yeah. to combat that. Yeah. And I think it might be important to give like a quick definition of lust. The lust is just simply a deep desire for yeah. something. And it can primarily yep. is sexual, but it also yeah. can be 
a non-sexual thing. And that's why I talked earlier about how with women, sometimes we struggle with an emotional lust Mm. and emotional desire that it's not, I'm not creating sexual scenarios in my head with someone that I've seen, but maybe I'm thinking about what my life would look like if I was married to them and I had Mm. kids and we had the perfect house. And that's a lust. Yeah. A mental, emotional. That's good. Less. Well, that it's, maybe isn't explicitly that's super sexual, and so sometimes we say, "Oh, well, that's not." That's as, really good. That's really good. Because it usually, not even usually, but it has the aspect of I'm looking at someone else's body, but it could be object, it could mm-hmm. be relationship, it could be scenario, it could be anything yeah. that ultimately is for my self gratification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Let Let's go here and and play this out for a second. <laughs> that I would love for us to speak explicitly into the cultural movement that's behind mm-hmm. just women empowerment. One that we would affirm because women have value that we need to empower women. But also, again, we're living between two extremes. Mm-hmm. And so where in that does modesty play? Like how yeah. do we have that conversation where yes, we want women to be empowered and to be able to live into everything God's called them to be. But we also need to recognize that too often that's being taken to to extremes that God didn't design it to be. So where's that tension? Yeah. I think one of the big key phrases that's come out of that kind of movement um, or that trajectory of our culture is this idea or this phrase that it's my body, so I'll do with it what I want. Hmm. Um, And there's a part of me that loves that and also hates that because there's a there's a part of me and there's a part – the reason that this has, I think, connected with women so significantly is there's been – throughout history, we've been oppressed in our bodies, that it's it's not ours. We don't get to decide what we wear. We don't get to decide what happens to it. I mean, men used to quite literally own women, their wives, their children. Um, everything was determined by men. And so this kind of releasing of that, this freeing of women to say – you have the ability to make the choice. You have the ability to choose what you wear, how you express yourself, who you are, the jobs you take, X, Y, all of the things mm-hmm. is like that part of it is really, really good mm-hmm. um, and real. But there's also the reality that for us as Christians, we recognize that our bodies are not our own, mm-hmm. that they are gifts that God has given us to steward and to um, take care of. And so that should ultimately influence what we do with them. Mm-hmm. And that's not to take away our power or to take away our freedom and how we use our bodies, but should shape how we use them yeah. and what we step into and what we use our bodies for. Because right off of that, one of the beautiful parts of what is the women empowerment is this idea that it feels like we're finally getting to what what could be an Eden precedent where it's like our bodies were never meant to be shameful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you look at the, the creation account, when we're created by God, they we existed Adam and Eve naked in the garden. And the first sin that they, they the first effect of sin that they feel is shame. Mm-hmm. And so that should speak volumes to what it means for the us intention. to now steward our bodies is that the yeah. first thing that they were, they were, they ate the fruit and instantly shame flooded in. And so if that's something we're feeling as people, that instant red flag, like Mm -hmm. we need to recognize that's not God's design, that his design is Psalm 139, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It becomes then how do we use that body in a stewardship Mm -hmm. mindset to glorify God? Mm -hmm. So how do we? Like what's the right context to express ourselves and to be the the people God's created us to be when it comes to modesty? I think it starts with being prayerful. I think, Brendan, you mentioned that. And some of that prayerful is recognizing and determining, okay, where and when. Like, I think there's potentially in your specific circumstances, scenarios, relationships that you have, people you know and own personal conviction, especially if you've been prayerful about, there's some places that's obvious where it's like, okay, 
have the expression like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i don't think it's fair in general and i think we've mentioned this for anyone to put on someone else here's what you can or can't wear Mm. yeah I will say that to my daughter if she decides she wants to go outside running around naked. Like, okay, yes. that's probably not a great <laughs> idea. You're also five and having fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also wish I could run around outside naked sometimes. Oh, it's great. wow. I'm, just I'm glad I don't live in right. that neighborhood. But, but determine when and where. That's yeah. not a great idea for me to run around <laughs> naked in my neighborhood. Yeah. Like, one, I'm going to get arrested. Yep. So there, there's uh, there's common sense here. And then there's reality of personal conviction. Um yeah. So what's obvious? Uh, well, it's obvious, and what's not? Swimsuits. Swim, when you go to the beach, swimsuits, right? It's like that's. I think it's okay to wear a swimsuit, whatever swimsuit you want to wear. In my opinion, but you probably wouldn't wear your swimsuit to church. Eh, it depends on the day. I have when well, we do baptisms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're just going no, to church, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you Correct. just saw like a guy sitting yes. just in swim trunks, just in the pew. I would have like, to have a conversation with him. What's happening? Yeah. I think it'd be you a good know, combo. Pull up shirtless Sunday. Yeah. 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 Shirtless no. Sunday. See, that's the wrong. That's the wrong. No, that's the wrong title. That's the wrong title. What is it? Speedo Sunday. Oh, I'm out on Speedo Sunday. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. That is not. That is not of the Lord. I'll Maybe that. if we ever do an Oasis swimming party, we yes. should do it on a Sunday and call it swimsuit Sunday. Sunday. Interesting. Holiness in in a pool. What? Swimsuit Sunday, we're going to be concluding the fun day with baptism. Bat- <laughs> <laughs> it's like when people Sorry. do uh, pool pool movies. They uh, yes. What you do is service in the pool. Yep. Uh, someone stands Those up on fun. top. We lead worship from yeah. like the water slide tower. And then... <laughs> was a part of that as summer project. Oh, let's uh, go. Yep. <laughs> I, I felt in like Miami. In me, in me, I felt like that's, that's probably some, something people have done. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely <laughs> Otherwise, Sorry, I derailed this. Otherwise, what else like... Yeah. What else needs to be spoken into this mm-hmm. right ex- right context and expression of, of mm-hmm. modesty? Is there anything else yeah. we felt like we've missed? Or is it as simple as prayerful discernment? Context. Context. context know your yeah. situation. I'm okay leaving it there. I think yeah. it can be that simple. Mm-hmm. Part yeah, of, d- I think, yeah. what's hard in that is that oftentimes, I think, as church people we want our leadership just to tell us the answer yeah and so i think that this is probably a letdown from some people to Hmm. say well you have to figure that out on your own or you have to come to your own conviction with the power of the holy spirit in you that they went i've known far too people to say well here's what can i wear this can i not wear this can i do this can i not do this and And the conversation is bigger yeah the conversation is bigger so but but i think even in that they don't have to do it on their own that's good yeah right now we have community community, for you to be like your small group leaders, mm-hmm. your small group people, like if you needed to have that conversation with us, say, hey, I honestly, I have prayed and I have, I have wrestled with this and here is is I still don't have clarity. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a question that we can help kind of process yep. through and mm-hmm. ask questions about and see if we can seek the Lord on your behalf. Yeah. Or one of the things that Ben taught, I think it was a couple years ago, I was wrestling with a modesty question that I had seen in someone that, that I respected as a Christian. And I was like, what is, what's going on here? <laughs> And he said, why are you assuming that they think it's wrong? And you challenged me in that. He said, have you asked questions yet? Mm. Like, have you come with the best intention and heart to like to see that? And so one of the things I feel like we can do as as church community is if you have a friend and someone you have a relationship with, someone you're either sitting in a position of authority over or, or under, and you, you see them making a decision that you maybe wouldn't agree with. Like, let's start conversations yeah. that we can start to ask and yeah. be like, hey, mm-hmm. like, what what's the heart or the motive behind that? Like this is something that I've wrestled with. I'm just trying to learn. I'm trying to better learn and love and follow God, and so that that becomes a powerful way for us to step into conflict yeah. to build relationship, 
And if we come at it with with truly a, a love like posture that says I, I, this is a conversation. I'm not trying to convict. I'm not trying to condemn. I am strictly just trying to to have a conversation to to learn myself and to try and teach if there's there's room to do so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Anything else? Man, I I love the conversation that uh, often comes out of this of who you know whose responsibility is mm. it to change? Yeah. Yep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Whose responsibility is it? I'll pose the question. Yeah, it's both. <laughs> right. What do you mean by both? So when it comes to like, I think the easiest way is, is it the one wearing, doing, speaking? Is it their role to change? Or is it the one looking, receiving, hearing? Like what role of the relationship needs to change? And the answer is both. If you're the one wearing, doing, saying, whatever, yep. like what's the intent? What's the person... Uh, the purpose, the expression, is it one of validation or intention or is it one of uh, expression and creative, uh, like just being who God has created you to be? Like mm-hmm. Those are the questions we need to ask. That's the change that needs to happen there. And on the other side, when it's the one looking or receiving or hearing, that's the person who needs to ask the question, okay, like where's my heart in this? Yep. Like do I truly love them? Am I being like objective? Am I am I objectifying people? Am I being lustful? Is this a de- dehumanizing thought pattern or or word that I've started to to step into? And when we ask those questions, if we seek diligently there, that's that's going to elicit change. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's both. It, yeah. it is totally something that everyone across every aisle, across every gender, name, whatever needs to to address. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. That's it. I think that's the end, is it not? Yeah, no, that's, that's it. I mean, I feel like we we sufficiently hit a lot when it a comes lot to. There. There's to probably modesty. a lot more yeah. conversations that could come out and of this. Yeah, there's there's a bunch more that I'm sure we'll probably hit in the future. But if you do have questions yep. or you want yeah. follow up or you want clarity, because anytime we use words to explain <laughs> things, there can be can a, a lost, lack of clarity. Yeah. And so feel free to come ask us that we are we are open books when it comes mm-hmm. to these podcast topics and a lot of what it means to follow Jesus in our own lives. So uh, feel free to hit us up or just continue to, to follow in what God's doing through the podcast. But we thank you. We appreciate you. Peace out. Bye. Bye.